Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, the 7th of July, 2020. I'm confident that everyone listening to this podcast today is familiar with the concept of adoption. There might even be some listeners who have adopted children or were adopted as children. At the very least, I'm sure you know someone who has experienced the process of adoption. And this wonderful picture of adoption is a common theme in the New Testament, and we see it today in Galatians chapter 4, as we read Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Now, as we think about this passage, there is one thing we do need to talk about as with regards to adoption. Because as we think about our familiarity with adoption, probably a large percentage of the adoptions that you have experienced with people in your social circles have revolved around children, oftentimes even babies who are being adopted. And that's what we think of in our current cultural setting most of the time. Well, in the times of the New Testament, it was not uncommon, and often adoption was even referring to a process that would take place for an adult, where an adult would be adopted. And so in this case, it is not because the adult is an orphan who cannot take care of himself or herself, but it was usually adopting someone, a son, so that they could be an heir. And in New Testament times, this would have been clear because literally one of the most famous people on planet Earth in that century had experienced this. A young Roman man named Octavian, who you probably know better as Augustus Caesar, uh, who was adopted by Julius Caesar so that he could be his heir. And he could receive his his inheritance and and everything that Julius Caesar wanted to give him. And so as we think about adoption, uh, obviously there's so many beautiful things that we can think of in our modern context, even just of the love of adoption and the care that is bestowed and, and the love that is shown through that process of bringing someone into your family. But one thing that we might miss uh, if we only think about it through that lens, is this idea of inheritance and how central that was so many times in the New Testament with the process of adoption. And, and so we see this, we're going to pick it up in verse 4, where you know he's been talking about the law and how the law was given through Moses, but even the promise to Abraham came before that, and how that promise is going to be fulfilled at the right time. And that's what we see starting in verse 4, where it says, but... When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those that were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So you see it there very clearly at the end. He's highlighting, hey, one of the biggest aspects of being a son of God is that you are an heir of God. That that you have an inheritance that is coming 
That, that is sure. And in the meantime, you cry out Abba, which is a you know an affectionate form. That's the Aramaic word for father. You know, could even be translated daddy. I mean, that's the idea here that we have this close relationship now with God, our Father, and we have an inheritance that is coming, and we are no longer slaves. So this is what I want you to to mostly think about as you. Uh, Get things out of your time in God's Word as you hopefully experience revival from the Bible. I want you to ask yourself the question today, what difference should it make in my life today that I am no longer a slave, but a son and an heir of God? Because I I would hope it's pretty clear, it should make a difference But again, that's where we see in Scripture that there is one meaning. The Bible doesn't mean whatever we want it to mean, but it can have a variety of applications in our lives. Wherever you're at today, what difference should it make? I think some of the differences it should make in our lives is we should be filled with more joy and gratitude. Because adoption does have that, it's a gift that was given to us. God has chosen to adopt us. We did not earn this adoption. And so we should be filled with gratitude for what we have. We should be filled with hope today. This idea that we are an heir, we have an inheritance that is coming that First Peter talks about can't be taken away from us. I think when we really walk through life knowing that God is our Father, it should also give us confidence. So many of the promises of scripture are really dependent on this idea that God is our father, that he loves us, that he is for us. And so let's think about these differences that it should make that God is our father. And then let's heed the warning in the rest of the passage that we see in verse eight. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? Saying, if you go from being a slave to a son, why would you ever want to go back to being a slave? But he says that's what they're doing. And in their context, it was through going back and and feeling I have to now keep all of and again, not God's moral law of you know loving God, loving people, but all of these ceremonies and rituals. He's saying, no, that you're taking a step backward. Now, that's where our cultural context might be pretty different. That might not be how you are tempted to take a step backward today. You might not feel today, oh, well, man, it's a few months now till the Feast of Tabernacles. I better get ready for that. Or, or I better, you know, make sure I'm offering up the morning incense. That, that's probably not going to be your temptation. But there are going to be ways today that you will be tempted to turn back towards this attitude of slavery. I think a lot of Christians do that by holding on to guilt and shame that shouldn't be held on to anymore because the forgiveness that God gives us through the cross of Jesus Christ is complete and full. There may be other temptations that we think of the slavery to sin that are going to call out to you today. We need to remember, no, I'm no longer a slave. I am a son. And that is something that is infinitely better. I don't want to turn back towards being a slave. 
All right, let's move on to our next passage, the other New Testament passage today, Luke chapter 4, 31 to 44. And the one theme that I want you to get as we look at this passage today is authority. Jesus demonstrates authority. Starting in verse 31 in Luke 4, it says, And he, Jesus, went down to Capernaum. So remember, he's just been rejected at Nazareth. And now he's going down to Capernaum, which we see really becomes his base of operations there in Galilee. It's a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them now on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he, for his word possessed authority. His word possessed authority just in his teaching. And then we see him expressing authority over demons As this demon-possessed man stands up and begins calling out Jesus, saying, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had had thrown him down into their midst, he came out of him. So Jesus tells the demon what to do, and the demon obeys. That's authority. And then we see him showing authority over sickness. It says in verse 40, now when the sun was setting, all those who had all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Now he was showing authority in his words, authority over demons, authority over sickness. But he knew even that that was the backdrop to his ministry and the message that he wanted to give, which we see in verse 43, where Jesus says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. Even all the signs that Jesus was doing, they were meant to point to his message of the good news of the kingdom, which was the the mission of his life, calling people to repent and believe in him as the Messiah. And we can even see the authority of Christ is good news. Now, in the Old Testament today, we start the book of First Chronicles. And we'll get more into, okay, what is Chronicles and how is it different from Kings? But I know what you're thinking because you opened up your Bible today and you looked at chapters one through three and you saw three chapters full of names, full of genealogies. And you're thinking, all right, here we go. And yes, it's, it's probably not the most scintillating part of Scripture, And you might be saying, hey, as I'm reading these lists of names that I'm really having a hard time pronouncing, I'm not getting any goosebumps, Pastor. Well, that, that's no crime. But let me give you one comment on it, that this is not a waste of space, that this is the Word of God. And even though you might you know, skim over some of these names that you, you can't pronounce, here's at least one thing I want you to take out of today's reading. And that is that the Word of God is historical. Even we have these records, these lists of names, these chronicles, so to speak, in that we we can see that these people, it was talking about real people and real places, and they even kept records of this. And notice the first word of the book of First Chronicles, Adam, how it's even going all the way back to the beginning and tracing through Abraham and getting through all of the tribes and getting to David. And that's what we are going to see. And so from these first three chapters, I just wanted to at least be an encouragement to you as you're like, wow, this is a lot of names. Let that be an encouragement. Not that the Bible is boring, but that it is historical and it is true. This is not a bunch of fairy tales that happened once upon a time. No, Adam, Seth, Enosh, and so on. These are real people that walked this planet and we have a record 
of them. So let that strengthen your faith in the Word of God today. I want to close our time today with with Psalm 80. And so many of these psalms, if you're ever trying to improve your prayer life and feel like, man, my prayers are, I just feel like I'm going through the motions and saying the same things about the same things. Opening up your Bible to the Psalms can be such a helpful way to ignite your own heart to pray. And so I want to just take verses three through seven of this Psalm and just for us to think through those and let that ignite our own prayers today. In Psalm 80, starting in verse three, it says, Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord, God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us an object of contention for our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. And that idea of restore us, oh God, I mean, it's a similar strain to what we would think of as we say revive us. Oh God, we are seeking revival from the Bible. We are seeking revival from the Lord. And when we are frustrated in our own life, even in our prayers, even what's going on in our culture, we will bring that to God and say, restore us, oh God of hosts, let your face shine that we may be saved. And we bring these prayers knowing that God is our Father, that we are His heirs, and that He loves to listen to His children. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Thank you.